Other people's problems. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Kate. Hi. Welcome to the Ribbon. <laughs> we also say the name of our podcast as part of the intro. I don't know if you know. Yeah. Well, I thought it says it in part of the intro. No, so it why doesn't. do you have to say it? It doesn't say it. Oh, we have to say it? Yeah. Hey, it guys. Um, if you remember what you clicked on a couple seconds ago, it was podcast called the Ribbon Book Club podcast. And that is, in fact, what you are listening to right now. If we were a professional podcast that um, did a professional intro, it's, it would sound a little something like this. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Ribbon Book Club, a Dear America podcast. My name is Jen. And I'm Kate. And we are talking about our fourth book, The Diary of Clody, a Slave Girl, Belmont Plantation, 1859. The official title is A Picture of Freedom. Wow. <laughs> but we're not that kind of podcast, not, so you guys are going to have to roll. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are, this is part two of our recap. Of, bah, 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 part of, two. And now we are a sports show. Now we are a shock jock radio station. That's all I know. Uh, Did you know my dad was kind of that for a little bit? What? Yeah, my dad was a DJ in the late 80s, early 90s. He mostly did news and lots of sports work for WTMJ. Wow. Yeah. Uh, And also, and this was truly his claim to fame in Milwaukee, uh, he had the drive time polka hour. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, it's the greatest thing. So you come from a long line of... People who are obnoxious in front of a microphone? Yeah. Yes. You would think you would know how to speak into a microphone better. You know what, though? I... You'd think you'd have better microphone etiquette. Yeah. I have this an animal. A, this is behind the scenes, but friends, for, at home, Kate doesn't like speaking into a microphone. It's First off, you could always hear me. <laughs> yeah, because... So we're fine, We accommodate actually. for you, but... <laughs> They keep shoving this microphone in my face and it's too close. I think it would be better if you let me have a headpiece. I think, yeah, I think our, the next purchase is going to be a Britney Spears headset for yeah. you. Hit me, baby, one more time. This is a weird energy to start on, but I, I like know. it. Uh, I, okay, so, but talking about this book. Yeah. I love this book. Yes. I would read this book again. I would recommend this book to others, like mm-hmm. people who are... Not necessarily looking for Mm -hmm. this kind of book. I would still encourage them to read it because the author did such a deft job Mm. putting real facts about the actual system that was at play here. Yeah. And how degrading and dehumanizing and just incredibly toxic and how deep and toxic those layers are, including talking about the assault of women who were enslaved yeah that's okay we're we're coming in real hot uh, i know i'm yeah. sorry i got i get really spicy about that um and then also i just am surprised how frequently these books which are ostensibly for you know seven eight nine year olds mm. give a wink wink nod nod to women being assaulted mm frequently it's it's very present in this book i mean Um, it's not i would say on a scale of one to outlander i'd say this is probably like a five yeah if outlander is (laughs) outlander is 10 yeah it looking at uh my page number is page 89 Mm -hmm. and uh the entry because our books don't line up is monday september 26th 1859 um she talks about bringing her pallet to sleep outside, and she hears Rufus singing, his beautiful voice riding on the night wind. 
And then she sees Mr. Harms heading for the slave quarters at night. Mm -hmm. And here's what I underlined. Oh, well, white men sometimes visit the quarters in the dark of night when their wives and mothers ain't watching. And end quote. I what they are talking about there is what is referenced in the movie and novels Roots as belly warmers. Whoa. Are you have you no, seen I've, Roots? No, I haven't. All right. So Roots, of course, is taking place in the late 1700s, early 1800s. Of course. Uh, so, you know, about 50 years before the action of this novel. OK. Yeah. And it is during uh, Kunta's trip across the Atlantic. He sees some women after they get inspected, they get pulled off of the chains they're they're Mm. they're removed from that very cramped dangerous quarters and he's like well where'd they go and they are being treated as quote-unquote belly warmers to the men who are working the ship yeah yeah it's super i mean okay yeah but we could also apply that same to other figures who are important to american history (laughs) like George Washington. More more famously, Thomas Jefferson. Very famously, Thomas um, Jefferson. Thomas Sally Jefferson, Hemings. who would have children with one of his enslaved women, and then he would sell those children. Well, I mean, we don't even have to go outside this book. Yeah, this. it happens uh, right we, with... We um, already talked about this with Hints early on, yeah. how he is so light-skinned, um, and them not knowing exactly who his father is, and speculating that it could possibly be Master Henley himself. Yep, exactly. Um, so, yeah, this is... Um, this is exactly right. That like Clody knows this. This is probably not just from her direct observation, but also just from um, communal knowledge of yeah. of like sharing what is and, life and keeping track of each other and just like. Well, and one of the things that we see in this book is mm-hmm. how much people very much lived on top of each other. Yeah. Um, and sometimes literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's super gross. But I'm so glad that we are starting to put that subtext for how horrible and dehumanizing and degrading chattel slavery was. Mm -hmm. And I want children to know. Like, I know it's a hard thing. I don't necessarily want to be the one who tells the kids exactly what this is. But well, I, I want them to have that knowledge. And I think there's different layers of it where, you know, you're... This is... This book does a good job of not whitewashing it like they're very it's very upfront about like hey this is happening but it's not describing it in such a visceral right we're not going outlander with it where it's traumatizing it's still just like it's laying the base of knowledge of like hey these white folks can't be trusted yes and Um, if you revisit this book as a 14 year old you will understand exactly or you know, possibly even later for some some late bloomers, but <laughs> horribly, sometimes even earlier for those yeah. who were not gently protected. Yeah. Anyway, so um, what was I going to say? So Mr. Harms uh, doesn't appear to be that kind of person. She was surprised mm-hmm. to see him indulging in something like yeah. that, which is one of the mysteries that this book builds. I think this book does a good job creating tension with some of these subjects. There are a couple mysteries to solve within this, you know, 200 page text. Yeah. Yeah. Like this author is incredible. Oh, yeah. And I I think like one of my kind of overarching criticisms of this book series so far is that 
Um, a lot of the characters we've had are very observant um, and and that is good as like a narrator. You want to be looking around and you want to be seeing things. But they don't have a lot of agency. But they don't have a lot of agency or, or like they not a lot happens to them. And I suppose you could you could also say that for Clotie to a certain extent where she's like she's watching other people do things a lot. Um, but at the same time, I feel like she has probably more action and agency than. Oh, I know, definitely. Even though the majority characters. of her agency certainly comes within the last couple entries she really steps her up Mm -hmm. um but here at the beginning you know Mm -hmm. she's still or halfway through (laughs) well right the beginning beginning of of part two (laughs) um she's still you know she is within the action she's not just observing yeah well she's seen it around her and i think what's so interesting for us as readers is that there's lots of things happening with different people so it's not just like and it, and it's a lot of information instead of like oh I think something happened over here but I don't really know right um, it's well like- and I think the other authors chose to write something that was highly realistic mm-hmm. it is very likely that girls who were involved with the events at Valley Forge we mm-hmm. know that there were because of camp followers which we yeah. discussed at length. So we know that there were people there who were doing laundress type work. Mm-hmm. But they don't get an opportunity to take a lot of agency, which is probably the case back then, too. So they're writing something that is mm-hmm. more realistic than maybe Clody's story. Right. I think it would be unrealistic if, say, like we would have a, a situation where like Abigail is like in Valley Forge and then all of a sudden she and and not to say that this didn't happen but if she's like I'm gonna go pretend to be a boy and join the army and and like suddenly you're like off on the road somewhere like that very well could be a story that that you could tell I want to read that book more than the other book (laughs) I know I kind of yeah and and girls did sneak off to join yeah i appreciate that they give clody a hero's heart mm-hmm. and we see her take action within her life we, and we also see her having moments of rebellion yeah all these other girls were such dust rags well oh at least emma was so much <laughs> i don't want to go home for war i'm a nine-year-old girl she was 14 Ugh. but she was also dull um God. but don't don't put all of emma's faults on on abigail and mem <laughs> i that's you know what i actually rather liked mem yeah Mem was like i'm gonna go meet people i'm gonna go i do liked things. mem mem was sassy she was inquisitive she was curious she was inquisitive and curious about everything but her own religion well that's i know it's a me problem that's a you problem anyway let's move on with clody right <laughs> so sorry so, i got the sauce yeah let's actually move on from the first page so miss lily um leaves with her daughter or leaves to visit her daughter in richmond um, and so she's going to be gone for several weeks. And uh, Clody's, everyone's excited because Miss Lily sucks. And, <laughs> and God, she's so toxic. She's like the worst <laughs> manager I've ever heard of. Her and uh, her husband are Yeah, and they terrible. hate each other. Yeah. When terrible people hate each other, it's like, hmm, right. who, who do I root for? <laughs> um, but for a while while she's gone, she moves, uh, she, Clody, moves back into Aunt T's cabin living mm-hmm. down in the quarters which I think is just so wholesome. I drew a little heart on my page. Yeah. She well, gets and to then, work on her quilt and talk at night with Spicy. I love I love their little 
their little family yeah. together in the cabin. Um, so not only does Miss Lily leave, but uh, Master Henley also leaves. He goes sporting. Um, and he's at least gone for the weekend. William is home, but he's in his room. And, you know, he can't go very f- far anyway because he had that accident, as we remember from the last yeah. part. Um, William is... I really want to talk about everything that happens to him. William becomes a really interesting character in the second half of this book. He really... And, like, you kind of write him off as, like, a whiny... Ba- I thought William, uh-huh. first off, was much younger than he is. He's the same age as Clody. But she says at the beginning, like, I I treat him as younger than me because, because he, he acts, acts like, like a it. big, dumb baby. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he was so whiny. Um, but here he's he's kind of, like... He, Mr. Harms is is having a good effect on William, we'll say. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, because people, the the scary in charge white people are gone, um, Clody and Spicy kind of feel a little bit more free to roam around. Um, they go into L- Ms. Lily's bedroom and they try on her jewelry and scarves, and she and Clody steals some pen and ink and paper. So she can keep adding to her diary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, later that entry, she sees, um, or no, they're, yeah, they're they're cleaning everything up and putting things back in Ms. Lily's room. And, and she spies out the window. She sees Mr. Harms and Rufus um, in the woods uh, talking about something. And she's like, what What are they talking about? What, what could possibly be happening there? A little bit more of this dramatic tension. Mm-hmm. Love it. Just all these little sprinkles. Of no, honest to Pete, the woman who tension. wrote this, whose name... Patricia McKissick. There we go. I'm a fan. She is such a good writer. I mm-hmm. genuinely want to look for other pieces of her writing. Yeah. I, mean, I think like, she truly, wrote other books in this series, so I'm excited to get to those. She brought in some wonderful historic detail. Mm-hmm. The, my only complaint, and it's probably an issue where this had to be a 200-ish page book. Yeah. I want her to tell me more about what things look like. Mm-hmm. I have a very vague sense. Like, we're just kind of, like, in the middle of rooms, but you don't get a feeling for, like, what's in the rooms or what do they look like. Mm. Also, it's not like you can describe a Chesterfield or something. Uh, (laughs) You know, like Chesterfield Mm -hmm. furniture to children because they don't care. I just want more. Yeah. Like, me as an adult reader, which Mm -hmm. is probably not fair. Um, But at the same time, you get an image of, like, you know, the kitchen is separate and she was living above the kitchen. And then they had, like, the garden that Rufus or, no, Uncle had took care of the garden. Um, And, you know, she helped, she picks the food from the kitchen garden and then there's like the 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 quarters that are you know elsewhere so you get kind of a sense of the geography of the place mm-hmm. um so and there's like wood surrounding it yeah and, it know. would just be delicious to have a lot more detail yeah um so kids if you ever start writing you want to show not tell right just start talking about the trees and talk about the way that the light plays in there rather than being like the light played in the trees <laughs> yeah. yeah um Okay, so do, 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 do. Mr. Harms is paying attention to mm-hmm. Clody. Yeah, do we have a good boop boop boo. Oh. So he tells her uh, on Monday, October tenth, to check out the view from my room. It's very interesting. So he has her oh. go into her, her bedroom. 
uh, I'm sorry, his bedroom, and then she could observe that where she and Spicy were hiding their respective books, her well, diary okay, yeah. and Spicy's Bible. Well, we needn't, we didn't, yeah, we, we should talk about the previous oh, okay. Entry. I wasn't sure if we talked about No, that. we hadn't talked about it. The, okay. On October 6th, Spicy took me by the hand and led me to, uh, to a hollowed out tree. My heart sank when I realized that it was the the tree where my diary was hid. Had she found my diary? All of a sudden, Spicy blurted out that she had a book. To prove it, she reached in and pulled out a Bible. My diary was just inches away. I wanted to tell you this forever. How big is I've this been scared. Tree? Sorry. You can imagine like a big, you know, old tree yeah. that's probably rotting from the inside out and probably has these hollows that you can absolutely tuck things away mm -hmm, very mm -hmm, my side mm -hmm. of the mountain another great book yeah um so spicy had a bible that had been her mama's my mama could read and write said spicy then she told her mama told me her mama's story it was like others i had heard uh, spicy's mama tried to run away but each time she got caught and beat bad finally her master said if she ran away she's gonna get sold spicy's mama learned how to write took her a while spicy was born and still she kept learning one day she wrote herself a pass and tried to run again but a slave who had worked in the big house told the mistress and she got caught before they sent spicy's mama to the deep south she slipped spicy the bible um so and she keeps it uh but she can't read it um and this but she still keeps it because it's you know An all she has from her, from her mom um and she she hugged the book to her chest nobody in this world knows about this book except you and i trust you won't tell because we're good friends and it's and it's so cute um but Claudia is so tempted to tell spicy her secret but she holds back because she's she's still too scared to trust anyone um but that was very brave of spicy to tell her this story so yeah the next um entry mr harms uh is oh wait what did he comes storming yeah, yeah, with he, a Bible. Yeah, he came storming into the kitchen with a Bible, making a grand fuss. Um, and he he says, it has come to my attention that it belongs to one of you. I want to know now. And um, he, he, like, puts on a big show of, like... I found this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have this. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, Mr. Harms has this Bible, and he is insinuating to... Um, to Clody to come and look through his bedroom window to tell her that he saw them. He had a clear view of the tree that they were standing at and he saw them. Mm -hmm. So he's letting him her know that he knows, but he's not going to say anything. Yeah. Um, and she says, my suspicions are right. Mr. Harms is not who he seems to be. When I went to move my diary from the hollow of the tree, there was a <gasps> note fixed to it. Yes. I know you can read and write. Please be careful. I will speak to you soon. Mm. The note was signed H for harms. Um, yeah, so she, I freaked out. Yeah. I was like, oh, God, oh, God, you know, we can't trust this guy. Um, and that night, uh, because of this note left by Mr. Harms, she's finally prompted to tell Spicy and Aunt T mm -hmm. about being able to read and write. Uh, and she says for that entry, there are no secrets between us now. Yeah. And I'm glad in a way. In fact, I'm writing in my diary right here in Aunt T's cabin. At first, she was against my learning, but she says now that she was just scared. She didn't want me beaten or sold away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But 
I thought this was interesting. Aunt T rationalizes it and says, I will not stand in the way of what might be the Lord's work being done through you, child. Mm -hmm. I liked that. I like that idea. Um, That idea progresses. um, And as things in the book unfold, she's eventually told uh, to whom much is given, Mm -hmm. much must be expected, which I believe is a Bible passage. It's also um, close to a quote from Spider-Man. That's true. (laughs) That is true. Uh, I can't remember exactly what Uncle Ben says. Uh, Those with great power have great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's true. We're real big Spider-Man nerds. I actually think that is a cool takeaway from this book, that Mm -hmm. if you have many gifts, you should use them to serve your community. Yeah. Um, Not to sound like a dirty, rotten socialist, but... Well, it's it's also, it's spiritual gifts, if you want to get biblical about it. That's the fruit Which typically of the I do not. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's where um, Aunt T is going, is that that's how she views the world, is that this is a gift from God. Right. Uh, and that, that Clody was put in this situation to be able to learn these things and, and given what, this opportunity yeah. that nobody else mm-hmm, has. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, da, 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 da. So they're still not sure if they can trust Mr. Harms all the way. Um, Which is one of the pieces of tension of the second half of this book mm-hmm. is when will Mr. Harms talk to her and what will he say? What will the end yeah. result of that be? They compare um, that's him, a lot of waiting. They compare him to the picture of the one-eyed man, the abolitionist, mm-hmm. the abolistine. Um, uh, but it, they think that it's not the same person and he's not from philadelphia um he's from virginia mm-hmm. and and that's confusing to clody she's like how come he how can he be from virginia and be an abolitionist that doesn't it doesn't jive with her worldview exactly yeah um yeah and so she starts to teach um little things to spicy and like how to spell auntie. her name yeah how to, yeah and it's she she writes an S for spicy and a T for tea, not tea. Um, okay, moving on. So I'm looking at October 25th, 1859. Mm-hmm. Miss Lily is home, but Master Henley and Hints are still gone. Um, and I really, I highlighted, oh, I'm sorry. There's two parts. Mm-hmm. There's uh, where Clody is very slick and does something kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah. She was told by Master Hints while he was home that he needed, she needed to ask Miss Lily if she could Master continue. Master Henley, you mean? What did I say? M- Master Hints, which is... Oh, yeah, yeah that's not Two correct. different characters. <laughs> Sorry. <Woo. laughs> um, she needed to ask if she could continue to live in the slave quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quarters. Let's just say the quarters. Well, that's how it says in the book. Actually, this, is, this brings up a point that I wanted to talk about um, that I remembered between episodes was that one of the ways that this book is markedly different from the previous book um is in the language that uh patricia mckissick uses so that to be both historically accurate but also not like so condescending condescending yeah and and like maybe the last character referred to her workers as like tables and chairs and she was surprised that people were talking well, to them like that. Yeah, and I, I still, yeah, maybe some of it is because of the different uh, characters' points of view. But I was also just like, I think this is an excellent 
example of how you can write a book that feels very historically accurate, but doesn't rely on using the n-word all the time i think it shows up like once in this once or twice in this book right and they don't use the entire word well they they, yeah she uses like a like a kind of a colloquial colloquial spelling of it so that's like but that's i mean she uses that all over the book with different words um but yeah i was like huh i haven't had to like awkwardly dance around Right, cutting uh, out words, like cutting we did out for the last like, like we one. had to do for every single passage we read in the previous book. God, I hated that and, book. And so this one, yeah, like we 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 think of like our how we talk about historical plantation sites, and and it is often referred to oh, those are the slave quarters, you know, and and that might be changing in the next few years as our understanding of like people first language evolves evolves um people first language was a revolutionary idea to me when my aunt introduced it in 2006 mm -hmm. my aunt does a lot of advocacy work for people with um disability Mm -hmm. and so she started talking to us about people-centered language and to stop using words that we took for granted like crazy which i'm not perfect about yeah uh, but i try not to describe people oh my gosh she was so crazy yeah right just because that affects people it does uh but yeah i think again this author is so deft she does such a good job Mm mm-hmm the language that she uses is fantastic and it's a small thing where it's like we all know what the quarters means like we don't need that extra word and it's not her making a show of like i'm not gonna say that word it's her just being like yeah it's the quarters you know what i mean right and it's not and it's just it's said and it's not addressed um so anyway that anyway so she has to ask permission and she manipulates miss lily by asking her um, if she can stay in the quarters i can watch and know if somebody's talking runaway talk yeah and then Ms. Lily is a little suspicious. She's like, well, why now? You've right. never mm-hmm. spoken to me. Why now? I had to think fast and talk straight. I figure if I help you, then you'll give me nice things like you do, Missy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that works. I, so I wrote slick in my little side notion here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she summarizes everything that goes on. She says, now I'll be able to write more often and not cause suspicion. It's nowhere near as warm or nice as the kitchen. When I write home, H-O-M-E, I see here in the cabin. Um, And then this I loved. Mm -hmm. Home ain't a place. It's a feeling of being loved and wanted, which reminded me of the movie Moody Garden State. (laughs) Uh, And at one point in time, Zach Braff's character stands and says, uh, family are a group of people who are all homesick for the same place wow so do you yeah i yeah i mean for 2005 yeah 2005 was uh a time i like yeah garden state for was the thought yeah it was i laugh because that movie is often lambasted now for being very twee and and uh, manic pixie dream girl yep. um and but i was right there with you at the time being like oh my god this yep. is so also i was super into zach braff oh still i am yep same <laughs> do you know he dated florence Pugh? yeah so additionally i know he has excellent taste <laughs> yeah i mean who who, who wouldn't, wouldn't fall in love with florence oh my Pugh? god she's a literal goddess yeah yeah i love her um anyway so just reminded me of Garden State. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep cruising. And then you went, 
no one's ever done this before. <laughs> do you remember that Ew, part in it? Yeah, I do. Suddenly, <laughs> boy, I wish you hadn't have done Sometimes that. Sometimes when I'm feeling really just normal, I have to do something like completely unexpected. <laughs> so that it was a time. It was a time. Moving on, guys. From the early two thousands were wild we all hated ourselves it wasn't a great time there's a reason all of us kind of have anxiety now yeah we all Uh, needed to be so special and so unique right (laughs) um so moving forward uh we start introducing new treatments to william yeah uh, including hot water and massage of Mm -hmm. the legs um trying to activate the nerves in Mm -hmm. his legs and it really starts to help. Well, this is like a, a double, you know, thing where um, it's getting it's getting colder, and so Clody's not needed to fan anymore. But right. Mr. Harms, wants knowing to be able to keep that room. she is reading and writing, like he wants to facilitate this. So he's like, "Hey, I have this idea. What if um, uh, the way it's in your, brought up and the way he engineers this is really clever. I agree. He, I wrote slick again. Uh, that this is yeah. This is the part of the book where you're like, ah, I see what you're doing. Oh, this I'll is picking up what you're laying down. So he introduces this idea of here's this treatment that I have for for William. You know, what if he we soaked him in like hot water and you know had someone rub his legs to kind of get the circulation going but Um, here's the thing but he asks for missy right oh uh he he he's talking to ms lily about this i don't know if this is exactly yeah he asked for missy to help him with the treatment no said miss lily missy's attending to me use yes 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 oh played like a master like a violin i love it um because he knew that if he just directly asked for clody she'd be like "Mm, why yep no yep so he goes for her favorite her more favorite missy and she's like no 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 Use Clody. Clody doesn't matter. And so it makes it sound like it's her idea. Absolutely. Uh, kids, this is how you trick people. Indeed. <laughs> make, However. Make things, make, make people think that it's their idea. Addressing really. William's journey. Yes. This works. This does seem to work. So I will say, speaking as somebody who has also leg mm-hmm. nerve damage, yep. mm-hmm. um, the hot water thing is real. I am not able to use hot water because it could affect my kidneys. Right. Uh, I'm not allowed in like hot tubs and stuff. Mm, um, but massage of my broken nerves mm-hmm. sometimes helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, William has rather remarkable recovery. I mean, I think they really right speed by it the up end of the book. This guy's walking. The, well, he's not like I wouldn't. I don't. Yeah, he's he makes a, a speedy, not full full recovery, but like but he's out there, he does pretty well. So after my coma, you know, I'm coming up two years mm-hmm. on just being able to like master walking again with yeah. reliability. Mm-hmm. Um, and he seems to kind of speed through it in about six months. So I'd like to temper what this book is saying. <laughs> it doesn't work like Maybe that. Maybe he's also maybe maybe because he's, younger. he's a kid who has like still More plasticity elastic bones you know <laughs> anyway just um, bounces but right that's not my problem i love that they put that in there mm-hmm. and i love that he walks again and it does happen in small ways it starts with his toes um and you know mr harms is having this positive storytelling effect on him he's giving him a great deal of education mm-hmm. while also giving him back his agency yeah um and i thought that was really cool i don't yeah. know i like maybe just because like i'm feeling better and like i've worked so hard to get better and i'm having a lot of good results yeah he seems to 
like Mr. Harms seems to just he seems to be clever than you know than what he lets on but also genuinely seems to care about William and Clody like I agree he's he he's he seems like a true teacher mm-hmm. real teachers care about their students. in my mind um my fan cast for him is um uh Robin Williams from uh what's that uh Dead Poet Society like that's that's how I imagine similar him. energy mm-hmm. for sure yeah I think I picture him. So there's a show called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'm aware. And there is a guy uh, who comes up in season two or three when they're in the Catskills. Okay. And Susie is faking being a plumber. Is it the other plumber? Yeah, the guy who's like... Connor Ratliff? what oh you don't know the story of this guy this is a this is another podcast you don't know the story because it's a podcast oh yeah i don't listen to podcasts yeah so that actor connor ratliff who plays that character who goes like this Mm -hmm. and he's like he's always kind of low-key stalking Susie. yeah he's he's played as a creepy character yeah and, and his big story he did a whole podcast about it highly recommend this is completely off topic but it's a podcast recommendation so all of you check it out the podcast is called dead eyes and the entire premise is that he auditioned for a part in band of brothers uh back when it was you know a hbo show and he got a small part in one episode that tom hanks was directing and he was about he was getting ready to film this this episode and then he got a call from his agent and he said or he got called back in to re-audition in front of Tom Hanks, and then after <laughs> after that, they told him that they re- that he they fired him because oh. Tom Hanks said that he had dead eyes. Well, listen, Tom Hanks might not be wrong, <laughs> but just think about that guy's like freckly face, curly yeah. hair, and really weird eyes. No, I think that's a that's, that's a way that who I fan casted for Mr. Harms. I like, could see that's that because he's, he's got a certain uh, like what's going on back there kind of vibe to Ooh. him. Yeah. So this next scene of action made me sick to my stomach. Mm. Um, Master Henley and Hints were away. They were racing um, and you know betting and stuff. And Master Henley gave Hints money for something. To buy food, I believe. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Hints used that money instead to place a bet on himself, which he won because he wins the race, that he uses to buy small things like red ribbon and mm-hmm. pieces of fabric, stuff like that, uh, for Auntie Spicy and Clody. Mm-hmm. And that causes a problem because, of course, Missy is jealous about the gifts. Yep. So she uses her influence with Miss Lily to have Hints punished. Never mind the fact that she's in love with Hints, ostensibly. Yeah. It's all a power game, and she has him attacked. It's this twisted thing, and and I kind of like... Yeah, it's this jealousy of like, oh, this guy that I like gave gifts to other girls, and I don't like that. Uh, but also, there's this scene where uh, Clody is so, um, imp- like, she's so grateful and she's so proud of this gift that she wears it to like the Sunday Sunday service. service yeah. And I wrote there, um, 
uh, Rufus is like, you know, talking about love and he, he looks at her and he goes, love is not jealous. And then he winks at the three of us. Uh, I should be, have been ashamed of being so proud of my red ribbon, but I w- wasn't. I just held my head higher. And I wrote in notes like, this is big Sunday hat energy. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's just like, you know, everyone puts on their best. Um, you know, you got to look good for the Lord, but you well, also got to look good for everyone else. You know, uh, definitely that. But also <laughs> to have the love of somebody like Hints probably does feel good. Yeah. And she is. Gen- she's yeah. It's a it's a sweet, like genuine, con- genuine love. Like, yeah. oh, we, we care My friend for each got other. me something beautiful. Yeah. And I look dope in it. Yeah. But there is also a little element of like she's wearing this fine thing in front of everyone else. Right. Who, has right. no access to this this fine material and she, you're a little shown off and but then yeah Missy master gets, has a ridiculous out proportioned response to yeah, this um, yeah he so we learn that hence you know did we say did you yep i said okay you already said i just no no it's good zoned out for a minute but yeah so he uh master henley gets mad that hence is like betting on himself and and so he whips him in front of everybody yeah which is horrible and like as i was reading this i wanted to vomit Mm. especially because again the man beating you who owns you might also be your father yeah or at least your uncle yeah (laughs) you are related to this either way (laughs) i can't i can't Mm -hmm. but again i think it's good that the author is telling us this Mm mm-hmm I think it's information I want our children to know. Yeah. Well, and then she's like, I wonder how Missy feels about herself now. Uh, was getting hints a whooping worth that ugly handkerchief? Oh, yeah, because Ms. Lily, the, the handkerchief that uh, Ms. Lily offered to Clody, uh, she shows up in shows Missy's hand. In Missy's hand. And she's like, was it worth it? Do you feel <coughs> proud? Um, <laughs> she says... Um, I used to want to be like her, but if being pretty means being mean, uh, pretty means being that ugly inside, then Lord, let me stay plain. Yep. <laughs> I underlined that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and- in the next entry, she asks a cool question. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, one day when the abolitionists <laughs> come, they will stop all this beating. Mm-hmm. I wonder how far off that day is. It's just a really cool question. Um, I wrote underneath it, cops. <laughs> I know, it's me oh, being Lord. cynical. Yeah. But yeah. It's, I mean, in fairness, it's 1859. Mm-hmm. The very first police force that, force that the United States ever had had formed nine years earlier uh, at the legal creation of the Fugitive Slave Law of mm-hmm. 1850. Uh, we had no cops before that. There imagine were, a world yeah <laughs> yep yep i would like children to imagine the in a world <laughs> uh, oh, sorry <laughs> what do we want oh okay we see mr harms go down to the woods where are we? He uh, makes... Oh, I'm on November 13th, 1859. Um, we finally see the one-eyed man in the flesh. Mm. And we know that Mr. Harms has a relationship with him. They whistle to each other and then oh. they discuss. Yeah, see, my early theory uh, was that they were the same person. <laughs> 
because she's described you know here's this one-eyed man like with an eye patch and then she describes mr harms as also looking weird yes and i was and i was thinking the best disguise is something that makes you a distinguishing feature yep that draws the eye and then if you just change that distinguishing feature it's really easy to look like an entirely different person yeah yeah so she starts but they're not they're not the right, same person. they are not the same person they <laughs> might be related there's two different unique looking men in the right. world believe it or not believe it or not <laughs> but what she starts putting together is kind of part of this larger mystery mm. might this meeting in the woods by the river have something to do with all the slaves running ro- away on that railroad that is underground mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so just, she can tell that they're kind of working together yeah we start hearing a lot from rufus for the next two entries it's his church sunday the night before we hear rufus singing in the quarters mm-hmm. coming for to carry me home uh, so it's Sunday. Uh, we're going to mess. We're going to the the quarters. We service. have we we skipped over um, one small part, but I, I want to. Um, she gets uh, Mizzily gives um, Clody a dress and shoes that uh, the dress that was made by Clody's mother. Right. So she um, finally has a piece of her mom. Thank you for pulling that out. Yeah, because I noticed that she was she was like, I wore my new dress. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Right, right, right. Um, and she, there's not really like an that it's it's kind of a mystery why Ms. Lily like all of a sudden is like has this hey, like moment of humanity. Here's this dress that your mother made. I, I think except to think that it's another kind of a ploy to get Clody to start like start tattling on, yeah. on people um she's like you know your mother and i were such great friends which of course is we just were just the best of friends silly girlies baloney like it's just it's that's just simply not a thing that can happen with this power dynamic right. in the same way that you can't be friends with your manager at work like that's not a thing don't do that <laughs> but even less so <laughs> so anyway yeah this it's another sunday meeting and she wears her new dress and i tried real hard not to be puffed up but when messy came i just had to strut a little pride go before fall rufus whispered in my ear then he winked so yeah she's uh, getting stuff so this is this is why though a lot of enslaved people had huge grudges against um those who worked in the big house yep. because they had more proximity, more access to the the white masters. And so sometimes they would they develop these relationships with them to the point where they would be given these kinds of gifts. Yep. And it's a double-edged sword, as we see in this book, because as much as, you know, oh, wouldn't it be great to have a new pair of shoes and a dress, Clody's being put in this position of immense pressure to narc right <laughs> if you will on her you know fellow comrades and she doesn't like it that she doesn't like the people themselves she doesn't and it's also as we see a, sometimes even more work where you know the people in the fields are given a day off like there's no days off for, for people who are but cooking. you are working in much more relative comfort Right, relative comfort it's not sun. it's not backbreaking work but it's just longer work yeah so it's all relative absolutely so 
as I was saying, when I was saying that we were hearing quite a lot from Rufus and we were putting a lot of focus on this song, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, Coming Forward to Carry Me Home. Uh, the reason that the author is putting that into this book is that this uh, hymn, uh, which is sometimes described as a gospel song, mm-hmm. um, is a song about escaping. And yeah. we know that Rufus often tells one story and also another story mm-hmm. at the same time. And because Clodie is cottoned on to that, she all of a sudden understands while hugging Wook and listening to Rufus that Wook is getting ready to run, that she's or going to at escape. at least someone is, because later we find, like, Wook comes to... Well, in the next entry, yeah. the next sentence, it is <laughs> Rufus, Aggie, and Wook, and all three of them tried to escape together. Yeah, but, like, even it, but right before they do, like, Wook comes, doesn't even tell Clody what she's planning. No, but just the way she says She comes goodbye. to the, the cabin, and she's like, oh, didn't we have such great times? And she's being very nostalgic and talking about, you know, their childhood. And then she gives Clodia a hug and says goodbye. And she says, pray for me. Um, and, she, and then Clody... Clody's picking up what she's laying she's down. She's like, oh, okay, I haven't, I haven't talked to anyone, but she's getting ready to run. Um, and, so this is yeah. another example of the author's wonderful tension. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately... Yeah, so the next entry, uh, they did it. They, uh, you know, the place is in an uproar because they've they find that Rufus, Aggie, Wook, and the and the and Aggie's baby have disappeared and run away, which prompts Master Henley to make a promise: mm. I'll free anybody who brings me information about Rufus and who helped him. Mm-hmm. If you give me this information, I will free you. I swear it. That is going to be relevant later. Yeah. And it's also just, just imagine being in that position and having that bargaining chip on the table of mm-hmm. like, here's the thing that these, this group of people risk their lives to take for themselves. I could just get it for no effort except for just to tell a little something, you know, yep. it's, it's evil. <laughs> it, it is. Um, and to double down on the evil, the next entry, Tuesday, November 22nd, Master Henley comes to the quarters. Um, he called us, all of that, all of us to him. He threw bloody pants and a shirt on the ground before mm. us. They're dead. He spat out the words like bad fruit. All of them. We had to shoot Rufus. The others drowned in the river when the boat they was in turned over. Current took them under. And so she starts talk. She starts understanding Rufus, Aggie, Wook, and the baby Noah are all dead. And, like, it's so awful. Like, it's mm-hmm. this book is harsh. Yeah. Yeah, it really, like, you get so excited for them. And then it's just, like, I didn't want to believe it at first. I was like, no, they have to have faked this. And then it's just like, no. Nope. Nope. And it, yeah, it didn't always work out. Well, and I'm glad that we're not sugarcoating anything, mm-hmm. right? It's just horrid. Yeah. <sighs> so they, you know, talk about having their own little wake in their own way. They have a, yeah, they have a service and they sing. Um, and yeah, they're talking about, they're singing about going to heaven and, and stuff and. 
Yeah, it's there's this thing that comes up with these songs and with the scripture where it's like, you know, you're going to be free one way or another. If you run away, you can get your freedom. But if you die, then you'll also be free. And it's like, that's so sad. (laughs) He's like, well, they're free now. Oh, yep. Yeah. Well, it's Hintz's birthday. And (laughs) one of the ways that she shows rebellion is to low key be a little bit of a smuggler. Yeah. Uh, There are things that they need in the quarters, uh, rations that they're not getting. Uh, things that make life worth living, like the odd birthday cake or birthday pie. And this and is it's why, birthday. This is why Ms. Lily is so careful to control the portions of, of you know, goods that she gives to you people know. who are hungry and desperate. Yeah, because she doesn't want them to be stealing more than their fair share. And it always boggles my mind because it's like you, you, you feed your animals, you know. <laughs> You feel, but you don't think your animals might stab you in the night, right? But like, if you if you're gonna treat this group of people that you own as if they are the same category as your cows, yep, you feed your cows. Meanwhile, <laughs> do they like? There were a lot of cruel practices in farming back then. Mm. So eh. yeah, I mean, and today, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I I largely believe that you know farms are getting better all the time mm-hmm. but yeah there's a lot of cruel practices there are a lot of cool pr- cruel practices but i think you know i don't know i i'm always of the opinion my management style if you will uh <laughs> is give everybody everything that they can possibly yeah, use. happy you know people working for you yep is better yeah, hundred percent, hundred thousand. So I think if you're gonna, if you, especially if you like, if their unpaid slave labor is your wealth, which is then at least feed them so they can feed do them the best so they job. can be strong enough to physically do the job you're making them do. So I think that was also selective. Yeah. Like, there was some selective, almost like breeding going on. Oh, 100%. To try and create the strongest worker. Yeah. Um, And I think those got fed. And maybe the mothers who are producing those those new lives. Mm. But I don't know if everybody else who was maybe not producing new life... I yeah, it gets what? real gross and it's uh, so gross. Uh, here's a new term for uh, our younger listeners: eugenics. Yeah, oh, great word. <laughs> no, terrible, terrible thing. Um, yeah, really upsetting thing. Thing that still goes on today. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. So, anyway. anyways, it's Hintz's birthday. Hintz's <laughs> birthday. This is all to We've say, been smuggling Claudia's stuff for an apple pie, smuggling ingredients to make a nice little treat for Hintz. Uh, <laughs> Um, and uh, they they give little gifts to him. Yeah, uh, like a button. That's she, sweet. Yeah, That's she, a good Cody gift. Cody gives Hintz an, a shiny black button, and meanwhile, we're only like oh, 17. but 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 uh, I I don't have anything to give so spicy. She stood toe to toe, eye to eye with him. Then she gave him a kiss right on the mouth. I'm glad you was born. <laughs> That's sweet, right? Spicy. Spicy it's the first romance I've approved of in these books. <sighs> I approved of Abigail's sister and Ben Valentine. But that happens in the epilogue. 
Oh, no, it happens like right at the end. Oh, but wow. it is still technically in the book. <laughs> anyway, I want to I feel like we're not moving very much. So no, we need to keep let's moving keep going. Um, what I want to talk about is mm-hmm. there is suspicion now about Mr. Harms. Yeah. Uh, Miss Lily is suddenly suspect. Well, not suddenly. She's been working on being suspicious of him. Mm-hmm. And she finds out that his mother and father are well-bred Southerners. Mm. But his uncles, Josiah and Joshua Harms, are hellbent abolitionists. Mm. And yeah. they... I love this. This I know. Master Henley and Ms. Henley fights on just about everything in the world except slavery. On that notion, they are together. Mm -hmm. They are plenty mad about losing Rufus and his family. Master Henley said he would speak to Mr. Harms about his family. So they suspect Mm -hmm. that Mr. Harms might be involved in this abolitionist movement. And so Clody starts trying to find a time to tell him that they are on to him. And she does find that. Uh, Friday, December 2nd. I'm on page 118. Mm -hmm. Be careful. They know about your uncles being abolitionists. They think you might be one, too. Mr. Harms never said a word to me, not even looked my way. I wonder if he even heard me. This is like a, this is some spy stuff, you know, where there's some very slick. She like meets him in a hallway where she's like, be careful. They're on to you. And, And he just like stares straight ahead right. and doesn't acknowledge her but you know yep. clocks it and then he starts utilizing that information to mm-hmm. manipulate the henleys i think this is why i i love this book so much like beyond just like the the wonderful characters and and the the pathos that's in it you just also get this very just objectively exciting action <laughs> that's going on it's like they're planning a heist basically um anyway so yeah he goes in to talk to uh, uh, Master Henley and before he's quizzed about it, yeah. Before he's even asked about it, he's like, "Oh yeah, my uncles. Oh my terrible uncles. I oh, hate them." Yeah. Um, in the meantime, uh, she finds a kitten and she gives it to <gasps> William, who names it Shadow, and yeah. he's delighted with his cat. I love a cat, Dad. I love a cat, Dad. Is there anything better than a man who appreciates a cat? Mm-hmm. I think I'm very suspicious of people who don't like cats. That's the and whole thing. And there's been a lot of if, discussion about that socially. Mm. Uh, here's the thing. If you don't know this, it's not your fault. However, cats don't are not like dogs. They don't give <laughs> their they don't just give their love away to anyone. Right. You have to earn it. And that takes a lot of time and effort and respect, and respect of, boundaries. of boundaries in their terms. Yeah. Um, cats are in it for the long con. And if you can if you're willing to put in the time and the effort, um, Cats are just beautiful and wonderful and affectionate, very affectionate. So loving. If you get Social. a cat to bond with you and like be your cat, like if you're their person, yeah, it is. We're gonna move on because I can tell that you're uh, having. I'm getting about this. sad. All right. Um, so anyway, I want to talk about this. Um, this is December third. Um, oh wait. You keep yeah, going you, backwards. No, because you keep skipping way ahead over something is it that's stuff in, that's important. Yeah, that I want to talk about. It's December third. Yeah, so this is about a character that's that's come up before. I don't know if we've talked much about him. Waith, the overseer that's hired. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a terrible person, but he is, actually this is the first time he arrives. Is right? He? Oh, oh, they yeah they they've been building a new house for mr they they hired an overseer i don't know and if he's ugly he, he is, is nasty violent yes threatening but this is what i want to talk about yep um so 
there's this thing that is still a part of our culture today where um, uh, it's a it's a way that society kind of interacts with itself. Um, and it was in a lot of it in American culture comes from this exact setting where you have the plantation owners who are genteel, aristocratic, removed, removed from granted Master Henley and Ms. Lily are not particularly genteel or refined. They are terrible people. But the idea. Well, most. Maybe not most, but many genteel refined people are terrible are people. Are also terrible. But, like, there's this, this sheen of respectability about them. Yes. And they can kind of float above things, and, and they can have their special favorites. And, and and this is a thing that happens today. Often, if you are, you know, we, we it comes up also in the Gilded Age, where, like, rich people will treat minorities really well because they don't see them as any kind of competition yep uh whereas you you go a step down uh you get to the overseer level you get to the poor whites in the south yeah they are often the most have the most animosity and the most um violence towards enslaved people because they are the ones that feel this social anxiety about where do I relate to you? Am yep. I better than you? I have to feel like I'm better than you. Yep. Um, and so Waith is... What's that? There's a quote about politics regarding 1960s politics, where if you can make a poor white man still feel like he's better than mm-hmm. a poor black man, even exactly. though you're both getting conned by the same rich man. Yeah. No, that's ex- and this is exactly where it comes from because yeah. uh, I'm glad you went back. People Good. like people like Waith are, you know, they're dirt poor. And when people talk about, oh, not everyone who fought for the South was a slave owner. This True. is who they're talking about. Yeah. They're talking about people like Waith. And there was actually a term that people had for people of this social class, um, and they would call them clay eaters or dirt eaters. Um, it's like you're so poor you eat dirt. Yep. Yeah. Um, and which in time it's a derogatory do it's a derogatory term and um so these white people got enormously self-conscious and anxious about this and took out that anxiety on the enslaved black people who should have been their comrades but it's this pitting against each other and that's where you get the term cracker (laughs) did you know that it's not about being pale as a cracker? No, it's about cracking, cracking whip? the whip. And so when you hey, hear... I hate that so much more. I used to be kind of comfortable getting called a cracker. That's no, fine. Yeah, I it's... am pale. <laughs> no, it's... Oh. Yeah, it's... But white people... When white people say, oh, that's that's you being racist to me, it's like, no, no. It's because you're Ooh. being compared to the white people who were so oh. anxious about their standing that they... T- were extra vicious towards black people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where the term cracker comes it's from. It's also kind of, and this is not related to race all the time, but the term middle management. Mm-hmm. Middle managers are often regarded as both dismissible, but also the person who's most likely to nitpick you and yeah. be on your case. It's yeah. the same power struggle. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's that this is all made to say. My soul tired. I'm yeah. sorry. Waith no, is, it's all right. But we this... just got this new character. Mm-hmm. His name is Waith. He is vicious. He is mm-hmm. of that social class. I'm glad you went back. 
Yeah, I didn't want to skip over that because he becomes... It is important. ...an incredibly uh, visible character in this book. Um, so, yeah. Moving ahead to December 6th. Yeah, please. We finally have a discussion with Mr. Harms uh, in secret, very espionage again. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, she finds out, like, are you an abolitionist? I've been wanting to know. Are you an abolitionist? Yes, I am. Who else knows? Mm. She tells him it's Aunt Spicy. Uh, I'm sorry, Auntie Spicy and me. But Miss Lily's looking at you real careful, like, mm. thank you for the warning. She could be a problem. And that's when he finds out, she finds out about the Underground Railroad. Yeah. Are you and the one-eyed man the Underground Railroad? And he finds that, you know, he tells her, he's like, not just us. We are conductors, which is a cool word. Um, He told me it was neither underground nor an actual railroad. It was a group of people who worked together to help to help slaves get to freedom. Um, So, you know, he's he's talking about how much he's impressed with her and she's learned so much from him. Uh, You're a Southerner, she asks. Why do you want to end slavery? He wasn't able to answer because somebody was coming. I had more Mm. questions. And I thought that was interesting. that How she gets right to the point. She she gets right to the point, but then also the author doesn't let him explain. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think it would have had a lot of meaning. Mm. Uh. (laughs) I know. It's just, it's, and as people with a great deal of privilege... It's not my thing to complain about. I want to help make things better as often as I can, but imagine how exhausting this is for people who are living it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Anyway, (sighs) moving right along, we're getting into Christmas or the big times where all the house workers work really double long and extra hard. Yeah, what am I... I had some notes written in here and I'm trying to... Oh, this is, I'm sorry. It's going to be another thing about Waith. Yeah. But which um, entry are we at? uh, Saturday, December 10th. Oh, no, I hate this one. It made my stomach turn. But this is important uh, plot. Go ahead. You talk. I'm ready. So, um, so they're kind of out late at night. Uh, Auntie sent Spicy and me to pick the last of the beads from the house garden. Um, on the way back from the garden, Waith jumped out and grabbed Spicy's arm. You're right pretty for a black gal, he said, spitting tobacco juice. Just like, if you could make a character sound more disgusting in right. two sentences, oh <laughs> I challenge you. Um, also, I personally hate chewing tobacco. I think it's disgusting. It truly is. Because spitting is disgusting to me. Yes. Um, I can't watch baseball. I hate when they spit. Yeah. And I, I, I try not to be like morally judgmental about it just because like i don't know people have different things but like i just personally find it gross <laughs> um uh so he yeah he like clearly has is attracted to spicy in a very gross way and <sighs> um and and he hissed at me to get but i wouldn't go not without spicy good protect your friend i held onto her hand he's uh, snapped his whip in my direction. Get, like I told you, or I'll get you a whooping gal. And then Clody thinking on her feet. Yes, this is As such a clever girl she is. Um, Mr. Harms wouldn't like you bothering Spicy. He done picked her for himself. I surprised myself at <laughs> how fast I could speak this lie. Um, and so she thinks very quickly, like, who's higher on the totem pole? 
go pick a higher a white man with higher status he's already claimed her and of course it's not true but like she's like i at least can talk to mr harms and confer about the story comma however (sighs) she doesn't get a chance to talk to her it all hits the fan (laughs) about it um the next day sunday december 11th uh, they have a celebration. Um, they had uh, Mr. Cleophas Tucker and the other men mm-hmm. Master Henley has supported won the election, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and they're talking amongst themselves. He was always talking about his freedom. Quote, we are a free nation. We fought England for our freedom, but we will fight again for our freedom if we must. Mm-hmm. It's just a really good chunk of irony right well, but there. Then the, yeah, the next line. Masters talk a mm-hmm. powerful lot when it comes to their freedom, but when it comes to freeing the slaves, they get stuck deaf and dumb. I love this author. Mm. I love her. Mm. And it's, uh, yeah, that is tale as old as time. <laughs> That's as much as we can sing before we get sued. <laughs> Disney will not let... Anyway, uh, it's parody. It on their copyright. <laughs> Everything is parody, so it doesn't count. They can blow. They use. can do whatever they fair want. Use, fair use. Um. Hi. Yeah. Oh, there's uh, December thirteenth. There are late night riders, which means one thing: trouble. Um, and it comes from folks from a different plantation. I think uh, one of the. Very few uses of a version of the N word. Um, yeah, when the there's people talking about um, enslaved who ran people away. who ran away, yeah, and so they're on the lookout for them. Um, so it's just like further laying the groundwork of like this is a scary process, but also because of where they are geographically, this is going to be happening a lot because they are a stop on the Underground Railroad. People are fi- using this area of land as a thoroughfare to escape. Um, and so, of course, they go, you know, chasing after them, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then Master Henley comes back and says, oh, we found them. We hung them. Um, and also, I made a note, it's hanged. Uh, Master Henley, you're, you're <laughs> dummy. Um, Dumb hick. <laughs> For him, we will. I will judge his grammar because he's supposed to be fancy. Um, and he he says that the offer still stands if anyone can like you know give information about these escapees. So the repeat of this and the repeat of this offer, the author is doing such a good job building tension. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, showing the ways that the plot can come together and fall apart. She really draws you in. Mm-hmm. I think this is such a great book. Yeah. But we find out the next day, later, um, Mr. Harms pulled me aside. I almost screamed thinking it was, whatever. Uh, got news. He says, uh, those runaways aren't dead. They just tell you runaways are dead, so you'll be afraid to run. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and then she like gets really hopeful, and she's like, "Does that mean that Rufus and Aggie are alive?" And then he sa- he sadly confirms that no, they didn't make it. Um. So, yeah, it sounds like you know this is still a thing that is happening. Yep. That he's helping out with. Um. But yeah, it gets to the big time. What does she call it? The, the big, big times. The big times. Um, which is Christmas, basically. Um, yeah. uh, but the she, space between Christmas and New Year, New Year historically, like 
everybody's gonna come to the big house to mm-hmm. stay with their wealthy relatives yeah 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 um but uh mr harms is uh sneaking um bits of like newspapers and literature to Clody. um he he gives her a copy of the liberator um which is uh Boston paper Boston. by William Lloyd Garrison. Yes, yes, yes. And she reads about um, Sojourner Truth. These um, are real articles. And real people. Uh, that was, the Liberator was a real paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, William Lloyd Garrison. This is some good historic detail. Uh, I love, I love a good chunk of historic detail. Yeah. Um, and But she's really um, excited about Sojourner Truth, especially because she's a woman and she, like, she's like, I'm so glad to know about Miss Sojourner. I mean to be like her one day. Maybe even meet her when I get to freedom. Yeah. Maybe we could be abolitionists together. It's just so, so cute. I love it. I love it. Um, uh, ooh, <laughs> I, I wrote a note. <laughs> That's, um, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, there's a, Sorry. <laughs> Um, there's a section where Waith is being uh, particularly horrible and um, Clody is like I'd like to take his whip wrap it around his neck and give a good yank <laughs> what page are you on? it's the section after she's talking about Sojourner Truth um, okay and I just wrote a note. I was like, this book would be bad in so many places today <laughs> just for like this rightful fury and rage on her part that she's like this is a terrible person i would honestly like to kill him (laughs) but honest to god i think we should talk about that briefly Mm because the subject of book banning has been everywhere Mm -hmm. if you are interested in banning a character like clody who Mm -hmm. expresses rebellion and frankly just rage yeah why Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Why is that? Why is that something that's bannable? Um, and what does that say about the people who want to ban? Yeah. They want to control girls like Clody instead of well, seeing and her it's as a specifically, hero. It's, it's racially motivated for sure. It's like, who's allowed to be angry? Yep. Who's allowed to show strong emotions? Yep. Black women are historically called angry. Um, even though they have to work the hardest to control their emotions yep, um, and are usually way more successful at it than yeah. <laughs> white people. You know, uh, I will also say, and this is something that comes up in our household a lot, um, women are, I think women as mm-hmm. a group yeah. are much better at controlling our emotions because of the onslaught of horribleness we deal with. Yeah, And the reason men have classed themselves as better less emotional than women and that somehow emotion is bad uh but that men are you know less emotional (laughs) so that they remain they keep this sort of scholarly removed high ground Mm -hmm. where they can always be right white men decided a long time ago that back in like ancient greece that emotions were bad yep and they had to keep them in complete control and if they showed any emotion that was however terrible and it's basically ruined society (laughs) however they have also written off anger as an emotion they're all allowed to be angry all the damn time well they they are right just them just them anyone else who expresses any kind of anger towards them that's bad (laughs) that's bad (laughs) but there are these intersections of uh you know oppression where you know women 
are controlled our emotions are controlled but black women are especially yep certainly um, so and 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 likewise white women can weaponize our emotions so yeah there's all these different levels and nuances to oppression and uh weaponization of emotions so um speaking of intersections Mm -hmm. i want to talk about this uh part about monday december 19th Mm -hmm. when william begins talking to clody uh and he's noticing how intelligent how properly she speaks and he's noticing that it kind of sets her apart um and he's wondering why uh so she's trying to play it off but i just want to briefly discuss well he he talks about her language specifically which is it which is the hot button like topic for her because she's specifically learned how to read Read and and write write. Mm -hmm. and so he says you're different clody um uh, you don't sound like the other slaves. You say talking instead of talking. You say I am instead of I is. You say they were instead of they was. You talk almost as good as a white person. Boom. Why is There's that? There's the thought. Mm-hmm. So that idea of proper language being white, I would love our listeners to let go of that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends who she was adopted she is a person of color who was raised by white people Mm -hmm. and she was told that she wasn't black enough because of the way she spoke yeah uh because she didn't use as much aave and i just want everybody to like take a moment and like think about that and let it go yeah (laughs) because talking speaking Mm -hmm. specifically um more formally isn't a white characteristic it's an educated right well and it's the only reason it's racialized here is because because of who was allowed but it's racialized in our current society as well because of that same well not this but like there's uh black people in this country have because of slavery had such a generational uh, imbalance in access to yep. education and a current um, imbalance in education based on the way we fund still, our schools. Yes. Oh, yeah. This has been. This is not just. Right. It started with slavery. It, it continued with Jim Crow laws. Uh, you know, even and then there was school segregation, and then you know, oh, we desegregated the schools, but now we're just going to use tax revenue from the immediate geographical area, and so people who live in poor neighborhoods, oh, surprise, surprise, don't have good schools because yep. they don't have tax dollars uh it's terrible uh, but just because like everyone should have access to equal education i firmly believe in that but if you don't and you have your own way of speaking because you didn't learn the correct grammatical way of speaking there's nothing wrong correct with that. grammatical speaking is a relative term because if, as long as you are able to be understood that's all that matters you are speaking yep. <laughs> well you're doing it you're doing it congrats i still don't know how to punctuate Prescriptivist grammar people are tiresome get more get more interesting and get a better hobby (laughs) take up kayaking there's so much to do like reading is fun but like geez (laughs) so we start building some plot here on Mm -hmm. tuesday december 20th uh, we get some more people in uh, camp. The name of Campbell. Yeah, uh, they come to Belmont, and uh, they're from they... Tennessee, so they're from the Deep South. Like you know, relatively to this, that's important. 
Yes. That's like kind of a thing that's hanging over the heads of like the master handling right. will use that as a threat. Like if you if you misbehave as part of the deep south though. I'm I'm just like in this in this situation, like they're yeah. they're, so they're Master Henley is constantly talking about the relative privilege of being at Belmont. Yeah, he's like, Oh, you got you have it good here. If you misbehave, I'll send you to the deep south. Exactly. Um uh, even though Tennessee is technically north of Part, of Vir- they're of Virginia. in Virginia. They're in Northern Virginia. They're in even. Northern Virginia. Tennessee, compared to them, is deeper south. I, I know you're thinking you're you're like that's not Georgia, but right? Like, or like I was thinking like the poor parts, like Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, so uh, it's sad how many states we can choose from that mm-hmm. are just everything gets worse and worse uh i mean it white people really shot all society in the knees for setting up the south because like you didn't have to do it this way nope this was an option (laughs) yeah so anyways uh they are here to race horses Mm. uh they say they have a great horse uh and they want a great jockey so they come to buy hints yeah uh, we've got the right horse. We need your jockey. And instead, Master Henley says, I'll make this bet. My jockey against your horse. I lose. You take hints. I win. I will take your horse. So they have this just going a, for like New Year's Day. Great thing to be able well, to. Well, you're just, betting somebody. Yeah. You're betting a person. Right. Well, I mean, you and own it might that be person. your son, <laughs> and it might be your nephew. Right. You don't know for sure. Ooh, well, well, probably, probably he does. He does. <laughs> Unless. So um, these people come and uh, the Campbell's uh, yeah. workers come and stay in the quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, and during these big times, they have the opportunity to kind of relax together, do yeah. dances together. Um, well, and Hintz is also talking a big game. He's like, oh, don't worry. I'm a good, I'm Right, I'm, I'm really the best good. of the best. I'm the best you ever saw. Mm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we enter into this holiday era. Um, and, and for the, the, you know, people working out in the fields, like, they really. This is a holiday. This is a holiday for them, of course. They get to relax. This is the part where working in the big house. You're like. You're doubling down. No, you're still. You, and it's even more work. <laughs> and on top of that, you also have to have time you have to find time to socialize with the mm-hmm. people who want you to socialize with them. Yeah. So there's demands coming in from everywhere. Um, on December 26th, uh, it's the first day of the big times, and we're all getting together with the people who came from the Campbell residence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've got other people. We've got somebody named Buddy Barnes, mm. uh, who, you know, takes takes Clody for a little dance. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's like a nice little dance, which is yeah. which is fun. There's uh, there's a funny part about um, Waith, who, of course, hanging around and right. being a real bummer for everyone. But Auntie is like, "Oh, would you like some tea, sir? Try some of this. Try sir. some of this special tea." And she totally uh, spikes it with yeah. some kind of sleeping uh, thing in it. And Waith is just out, just out, like oh, bless. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, roofies his drink, so to speak. <laughs> I mean, what's a casual roofie between enemies? He deserves it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. 
So we have these Campbell workers here. Um, they're staying in the stables with hints, and they're all supposed to be dancing together. Uh, but there's one guy uh, mm. who leaves early. His name is Shad. He was seemed shy. He didn't dance. He didn't talk. Left before the party ended. As she, Clody, is leaving, she sees Shad standing. She, she's Shad. Did I say that? <laughs> no. She, she, okay. You said it correctly, but like, what a tongue twister. Indeed. She sees Shad. At the, at, at at the, the horse's At the stall. seashore. Right. And we find out the next day that Hintz loses the race because yes. they did something to Hintz's horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they basically drug, drugged the horse so he couldn't run. Uh, and so now Hintz is going to be given to the Campbells. Yeah, because, yeah, he's part of a bet. Absolutely. And he is, it's, it's going to amplify the action of this book because this is a very dangerous situation. Suddenly we have a ticking time clock of like, uh-oh, there's a deadline where he's going to be sent off. Again, wonderful dramatic tension. Mm-hmm. Excellent plot-driven story here. Just really great. Um, and he knows... Um, so, uh, sorry, I I ADHD'd there for a second. Um, <laughs> M- Master Henley knows that the Campbells have cheated him. He can't yeah. prove it. He doesn't know how. It's this really tricky situation where, like, yeah, he... This is where you see how how disputes like this go amongst people who have some level of power and rest- and and respect is like he they actually I think take it to court um or I think there's there's like something or maybe that's when they come back because like the Campbells are there and then they go somewhere and then they come and they're right. like we're going to get him when we come back for some sort of judgment yeah mm-hmm. um and and like Clody is like vocal right away she's like hey I this guy you know drugged or, or did, messed with the horse um and i and i know who did it and so she's accusing him and so miss master henley like of course is ready to believe clody yep. because it's in his favor so he's like yeah this is rigged you know yep, yep. um and pretty much two days later hmm. mr harms has been found out as related to the abolitionists hmm. because hints tattled <gasps> yes so hints with this time clock over his head remembers that master said if you tell me something about how rufus and his family left Mm -hmm. i will give you your freedom yes so rather than get traded to the deep south Mm -hmm. hints decides to rat out mr harms yes which is fairly low uh but we can understand why he's doing it yes desperate times desperate he's desperate it's like not great for mr harms does a lot of damage but like can you really blame him in this situation i don't um but this creates a huge problem for several people um so uh Spicy told hints about me. Oh, oh, so we find out that um, Spicy told hints about, you know, Mr. Harms and all that stuff. And, and Spicy's like, I'm sorry, I, d- I didn't know that he would do this. You but know. again, who can blame him? Who and Hints like himself him? says, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to the deep south with the Campbells. Mm-hmm. Why should I care about a white man? It's his life or mine. Yeah. yeah. And that is 
ultimately true, mm-hmm. especially when you've got freedom hanging on the line here. Exactly. So, so, but Clody is, you know, desperate to try and save everyone. And so her mind. She's got such a great sense of justice. Yeah. I love this character. Okay. I want to, like, we've, we've kind of, um, skimmed over some of these parts, but I kind of want to, like, talk about Clody as a whole right now because I love, I love her so much. Uh, she's so clever and because she's, like, immediately thinking, how can I save all these people? Um, and she also sees, all these different perspectives of like she's not she's frustrated at the like you know like pickle that they're in but she's not you right know, she's not furious with hints she's not furious at hints she's not um, furious with spicy yeah um and so she's she has this like wonderful like empathy and understanding for everyone um even when it extends to like william at first she didn't like william at much at all because he was whiny but right. there's a few you know uh entries that we skipped over because you know we have right, to keep moving yeah. but where she develops more of a relationship with william and you know even though she's kind of scared that he's like catching on to like what you know you talk funny or like you or, or rather you don't talk funny and that's what's weird um and they bond over this cat that she gives him um and she starts s- seeing his successes with movement. Exactly. And she's and she says each time, like, I'm happy for him. Um, I, I want to see him do well. And like she ha- expresses this empathy towards this person that, you know, by right, she doesn't need she to. shouldn't like not she shouldn't. But like she didn't. Yeah, she doesn't need to feel empathy for. Um, and I, I love that she's given this like rightful fury and rage about the institution of slavery and the way her and her people are treated but she's also allowed to be soft in a way where she can still like love acknowledge their humanity and she like so many times um people will turn their fictional characters into kind of these one note like you know she's hard and she's like i'm thinking of someone like katniss everdeen or someone who's like forced and and that i mean i i love those books as well katniss is a great character she's not one-dimensional but like i think more so than clody she's she's turned into this person who has to be like a soldier she's tough and she can't show as much emotion but like clody is allowed to be you know she loves spicy and auntie like with her whole heart and she's so like giving and warm um so that's all (laughs) absolutely sorry i've been up since 4 30 and i did so much today so if you hear me yawning i'm really sorry it is currently what seven thirty? Oh, it's eight thirty. Yeah. Hustle the heck up, Jen. I I'm have to go sorry. to bed. <laughs> so we truly are right now at the climax of this book. I'm looking at Saturday, January sixth. I'm sorry, seventh. Uh, January sixth. Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> I can't never learn. forget. I can't, a date that will live in infamy. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, it's the action doesn't happen on the six. It happens on the seven. Yeah, I'm gonna let you describe it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I have to yaw a bunch. I can do some of the heavy lifting. Um, Get on it, girl. You got this. Uh, da, 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 da. So yeah, it's we're seeing that. Uh, so uh, Mr. Harms has been uh, made, if you will. He's been tattled on. Um, and so the sheriff comes and Waith comes to the big house and we have this kind of like dramatic uh, confrontation um, with Mr. Harms and, you know, the master and the sheriff and all this. And so they 
And but what we, what we don't know initially is what Clody and her f- her friends, her comrades have planned. And so we have this very dramatic thing of like, oh, my God, See? what's going to happen? This author, man, I mm. love her. I, yeah. I was actually sad to learn that she had passed away. I know. Right. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to know a plot device that I picked up that kind of ruins um, d- dramatic uh, setups like this? Yeah. Um, especially in movies, if you're planning a heist or an attack or anything, if you're if you're following a group of people who are planning something, if you hear them plan it, if you know what the plans are, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. Yep, but if it's a kind of Greek thing off off site and yeah. you hear about it later, but if it just skips to it, then everything will go according to yeah. plan. Which when you when you realize that it's like oh, when you start hearing people plan, you're like no 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 it no ruins things like the Italian job, <laughs> right? Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, we don't know what the plans are, so maybe maybe things will work out. So they're having this conversation, and then um, so spicy goes in and she like kind of bursts into the room where they're having this um this interrogation about you know whether mr harms is an abolitionist spicy bursts in um and she goes oh please master henley don't hurt mr harms he ain't done nothing wrong hints is just lying because he's jealous jealous of me and mr harms (gasps) bum 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 tell him hints tell him spicy was even better than we practiced it at the cabin. I prayed Mr. Harms would catch on to what we were doing. I had never gotten to tell him what I had told Waith about him and Spicy. And I wrote here, I was like, it's a twofer. (laughs) Because... They're trying to. The plot is well executed. It's actually kind of a. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's just so. Yeah. Um, And and so Hans is like, no, I'm the one telling the truth. Um. And so everyone goes quiet and they don't know, you know, no one knows what to say. Uh, who do we believe? You know, like usually in a situation, you would always believe the white person. Well, if, what if two black people are disagreeing? Then who do you believe? Right. <laughs> you know, um, and and everyone goes quiet. And, and I, I can't believe it. What You know, Ms. Lily is aghast that this could ever possibly happen. Of course. I'm surprised she didn't faint. Yeah. Um. And the sheriff doesn't know what to do. You know, we've got two different stories. Who can we believe? But then Waith leans over to M- Master Henley. Well, I heard that Harms had picked that one for out for himself. This part was going just as we had hoped. See? See? The seeds that were planted are beginning to bl- sprout. Literally, this plot. Mm-hmm. There are plots in mm-hmm. this book. Plots in plots in plots. Um, Spicy's telling the truth. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. This is so exciting. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So so we have Waith confirming it based on what he thinks is the truth. Um, and then we hear from the door. Spicy's telling the truth from William from the doorway. I've seen her go into Mr. Harm's room many times. I also heard Spicy and Hints having a fight in the stables. Maybe Hints is jealous and isn't telling the truth. That was all we needed. Two white men's word, no matter if one was a boy. And the sheriff untied Mr. Harms, saying he would not take Mr. Harms' not enough evidence. <sighs> it's so good. Yeah. So yeah. good. And it's, and within all of it, 
our main POV character has almost all the agency. Yeah, she orchestrated this whole thing. This was all her idea. Right. In order to put forth into the world her sense of justice. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't get that from other female characters that we have read. Yeah. yeah. I love Clody. I love I, her. I lo- she's, yeah. She's so cool. Like, literally, this is the book I would want to hand daughters and mm-hmm. just be like i want you to be like this girl yeah you know be the one in the shadows pulling the strings yeah yeah be the puppet master, <laughs> the puppet master. <laughs> so yeah the so the sheriff leaves um and uh and then of course master henley uh physically attacks spicy because why not um uh, but she takes a beating. But for she it. takes it, and and but, she and she is terrified of being hit. And she yes, this is very important. She, she is brave here. She and and that's what exactly what Clody says. She says, "I think Spicy is the bravest person in the whole wide world for doing what she did." Listen, I cried. Mm. The end of this book made me cry a bunch. Yeah, um, and I was so psyched for Spicy, and I was so pleased that Clody's plan worked. Mm-hmm. I got misty. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so good. Uh, and da, 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 da. So, um, but if we're looking at late Saturday night, we have more conversation with William. Yes, okay. Or actually, not conversation. Um, we all three of us knew that William had lied to save Mr. Harms. Yeah. He had not seen Spicy because she had never been to Mr. Harms' room. Yeah. That he was... had not seen Hints and Spicy fussing because they had never had a fuss. Mm-hmm. William knows that he, William knows that I know that he lied, but we will never speak of it, I'm sure. Which is so interesting. Like, that's what... Another thing I love about this is that William is allowed to be a more complicated character than just a whiny boy. Every... So the mark of a good story is when the characters change. Mm -hmm. William changes. Spicy changes. Mm -hmm. She comes in fearful and crouching Mm -hmm. and alone. Very alone in the world. And having been clearly afraid of being beaten because she's been beaten so many times. And here she volunteers to do it again. Right. She's going to take one for the team. She faces her fear to protect, you know, hints who she loves. There was not a single character who changed in any discernible way in the last book. (laughs) I also think it's... I I think Abigail changes... Um, in the second book. There's like a little bit of change. It's a little more subtle. Yeah. um, But her opinion about war changes and whether or not it's gloried. Glorified, yeah. Um, Her opinion about soldiers changes Mm -hmm. multiple times throughout the book. Yeah. Um, And also her opinion about her cousin who goes missing. Or her friend, Lucy. Is it Lucy? They're not cousins? No. Probably. Um, so anyway, we see some change there, but largely mm-hmm. not not as much as in this book. This book has a great deal of yeah. change. Yeah. So Mr. Harms has to get out. Yes. Uh, they he... light his books on fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awful. So the, like he's not like under arrest or anything, but like he is fired for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they're like, OK, go away. And yeah, they, of course, burn his books. And I wrote always with the book burning. I. Yep. You should uh, be suspicious of anytime, people who ban books. Anytime books are being books. banned or burned. That's I mean, it's not great. It's not a good sign. You shouldn't be on that side. Um, uh, then what happens? 
We're still slipping food out of the big house. January is especially cold. Oh, yeah. We get to this period where, like, there's a great deal of suffering. Kind of miserable. Chloe gets sick for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, and she's kind of nursed back to health. Um, but Aunt T is trying to supply food. Um, and she is doing her best to feed everybody in the quarters, and that's kind of her new job. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is feeding people in order to make everybody's lives a little bit more bearable, since she can't be the worker that she used to be. Right. But she's relying on people to bring them to bring her their rations. Yeah. And then Clody is smuggling stuff out of the kitchen as best she can. Yeah, and um, and, and then um, you know terribly sick. Hmm. Um. And during that sickness, she has a dream. She sees Rufus standing with Mama. He says, you've been given so much, Clody. You can read and write when others can't. Now you must put your learning to good use. Use your learning. And she asks the question Mm. on the page, use it to do what? And this is the final piece of dramatic tension for this book. What are we going to do with the lessons and the gifts that we have? You know, it's back to that idea of great with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so the it starts to thaw a little bit. The day gets warmer. Um, uh, as she wanders down, she kind of on a whim wanders down to the spot yeah. where she had seen Mr. Harms talking to the one-eyed man. Um, and as she's kind of standing around there, she hears a crackle of leaves underfoot. Uh, I stopped and stood dead still, listening, waiting for what I didn't know. Clody, over here. It's me, Mr. Harms. He comes back! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he comes back and, and he's, I guess, by fate. They're like, um, she's led there and, and she's like, what are you doing there? And he's like, well, I'm taking one last, one last job. <laughs> uh, one last trip up north and then we gotta, we gotta get out of here but yeah, she's the, presented with this kind of conundrum where you know he's saying my partner and i are well too well known down here so we have to leave and she's like well who's gonna come take your spot and he's like well i don't i don't know and so she's left thinking well if they don't if they're not here to help people escape then who will um yeah. she's got a hero's heart mm-hmm but she, but she, right now she's thinking like, "Hey, can I catch a ride on your last right. trip?" <laughs> I would like to get the heck out of here. Hey, uh, you're leaving soon? What a coincidence! Because right. I would love to as well. <laughs> um, and he says, um, "You know, okay, yeah, if you can come with us, be here at the next dark of the moon." Which I thought I was like, "Ah, remember when she saw an almanac? You know, like she could <laughs> see what day the new moon's going to be." It didn't actually really come up, right? Did not come up, but I think you know, <laughs> useful. Uh, I th- I thought that was going to come back, but it didn't. Um, so, but she's excited that like, okay, I have a date to plan for. Like, this is going to happen. I'm getting out of here. This is happening. Yeah. Um. So. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, and Mr. Harms is also like, tell Hints I don't have any hard feelings. I would have done the same thing. And thank Spicy. Yeah. So she goes back and she wants to tell Aunt T and Spicy about all this. She does. She, mm-hmm. she doesn't want to. She would. She does. She wants Aunt T to agree to come with her. Mm-hmm. And Aunt T, Aunt T says she's just too old. 
uh, very shadow getting over the hill. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she can't leave where her husband's bones are as well. Mm. Uh, I want to be buried next to him in the earth. You go on, honey. Use that freedom. Get out of here. But then Claudia's like, going without Aunt T, like, that would be like losing Mama again. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. But the Campbells are coming for hints. Yeah, the Campbells are are coming back. Yep. Um, And so... But there, but Hints has been, you know, freed by Master Henley, and so yeah, he was he just was... waiting for the paperwork to go through, basically. Yep. But if the paperwork doesn't go through, yeah, it's like caught up in the court system right yes. now. And the Campbells come back, and they're saying, "Wait a minute, you made this. You can't, you you can't, can't... give him freedom. That's ours. Mm-hmm. The minute you lost that bet, he became our property. So you can't." free him and so suddenly yes they t- they go to court this is what they go to court about i could i couldn't yep. remember um and uh oh what did they do oh yes you had no right to sell what didn't belong to you and just take me to court said master henley we'll do just that and, and it was this weird moment where you're like yeah master henley is wants to take them to court so that and i just wrote worst person you know just made it great (laughs) terrible (laughs) awful horrible i can't believe it um so yeah they do go to court but then um tragically i think the court rules that against master henley and says that hence belongs to the campbells yes and so now this thing this sort of damocles is hanging over our characters heads yeah hints has to get out of there by like the next week yeah the hustle mm-hmm. um which is before the new moon it is notably. so we have this uh you have to do it and you have to not have help yes yeah so him but how but is how? a question mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and we do have this interesting site when it says monday again yeah um since mr harm's runs away i you know miss lily's began trying to teach william so he can get into overton school uh unteach is better uh mm-hmm. william will have none of it he gets about nicely with two canes pretty soon he'll be walking without them sick love it mm, love that journey for him but here william when william saw me watching from the hallway he waved later i stopped by his room he was playing with shadow cute if Mr. Harms had had time, he would have said thank you, I said. I'm sure he would have, said William. I think the message got through. Yeah, and I wrote, what is this to you? <laughs> like, you just, yeah, he's he's an, kind of an enigma where you, you you know that there's this... He's absorbing a lot of He's absorbing stuff. a lot, and he's going through a lot of changes, like, in his mind. And he's kind of, like, still in that... The author does a great job of, like, not making that a sudden... 100 percent or like 180 turn you know he's and he's still living within this universe he's kind of piecing things together and like he he has the courage to stand up for him on one page and then you know and then he's kind of like you don't know where he lies on any given day and i i like that it's mysterious and nuanced um so saturday mm -hmm. yes sorry actually we need to go back to monday okay spicy requests that Clody uses her beautiful brain to find a way to save her and Hints. We find yeah. out that she is going to be shipped down south in a different direction, and that their fa- that she, Master Henley has sold her. Mm. Uh, and so, 
their whole family is about to break up on the waves here. Yeah. And so she asks, please, can you use your brain to find a way to save me and save Hints? Mm-hmm. And so she's going to get her to run. But then there's a horrible thunderstorm and they can't go. Mm. So there has to be a different plan. At first light, we dressed Spicy as a boy slave. Mm-hmm. I gave her a bundle. It's our quilt, I told her. You should keep it. She didn't have time to fuss with me about it. Hints looked so much like a white man, we dressed him in one of Master Henley's old suits that I sneaked out of the attic. I ain't never had on a full suit of clothes before, he said. We tucked Spicy's Bible under his arm. You look like a for real preaching man, said Aunt T, hugging them both and giving them a biscuit and water for a day. It's time to go. You know what to do now? Just as we planned, we slipped on down to the barn. Hints mounted big can. That's Just the horse. The horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Horses always have a crazy name. Yeah. Being careful not to make a sound, I eased them through the woods, past the cemetery toward the river. I had already done my hugging and farewelling, so I just watched them ride downstream along the bank until they were out of sight. I slipped back on the other side of the orchards into the cabin where Aunt T and I sat holding each other until dawn. By then, I had stopped trembling. Mm. But they do it well because they're not missed until... The Campbells finally show up on Monday. Yeah. Um, And so, of course, the Campbells are uh, really upset. And, you know, we have to go find them. We're, you know, we're being cheated. Um, Master Henley's like, oh, no, I'll I'll pay you for your loss. And... there's just like a funny line that's kind of like Ms. Lily swooned, but nobody bothered to catch her when she fainted. Um, Suck it. Mm-mm-mm. So she just feels happy that she helped them get yeah, away. I was happy as Daniel and David mm-hmm. at the same time. She is using her power. Uh, and then so they go off and search for them and they come back. And again, Master Henley says, you know, oh, we found and killed both of them. You know, showed but he didn't show any proof. Like, Clody's catching on. She's like, ah, see. You're full of You would have showed proof. Um, but now but, it's oh, the but, darker than the moon is coming. But says, like, besides, where was Big Can? If he had really caught him, he'd brought back the horse for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, ha Anyway, go back. Where? She's getting ready to run. Mm-hmm. The dark of the moon is approaching. Um, she is ready that she's going to make her run to freedom. I'm an abolitionist, and I want to end slavery. I can't do that being a slave on a plantation, can I? And that is the next dramatic question. Mm-hmm. Mr. Harms says there's no conductor on the Underground Railroad. And this truly, for me, was the climax. Yeah. Uh, if this station closes, what will happen to the runaways coming through here? Some might get caught. Some might get drowned, like Rufus, Aggie, Wook, and Baby Noah. But if they had somebody to hear to help them, to show them the way, this station cannot close. I, I, I literally, I wrote, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. No, like, I was, like, on the yeah. edge of my seat yeah. reading this. And, like, okay, you are a grown woman mm-hmm. who is on the edge of her seat yeah. reading this children's novella. Yeah, this it's is... It's just really good. It's exciting. It's a good book. <laughs> it's good. I just love this one. And, like, literally, I, I plan to spread this, like, reading this book over, like, a couple more days. But, like, on Monday, I was, like, reading 
And I was just, I got to this point. I was like, I'm finishing yeah, this. Yeah, you got to finish. I can't not finish this. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. So we get ready. Um, we meet Mr. Harms. Uh, it's no longer spicy and hints, hints who are coming. Uh, we want news to hear if they're safe. Our conductors tell me Spicy and Hints are in northern waters on their way to Canada. Yay! Now, because of the Fugitive Slave Law of 1850, it was no longer good enough to cross the Ohio River. Mm -hmm. Because at that point in time, there were legalized slave catchers called deputies, which would eventually become the deputies who are cops today. (gasps) Wow. Yeah, literally a direct line. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so it wasn't good enough to get to the north. Mm -hmm. You had to get to Canada. You had to usually cross through into Detroit. Michigan was a major part of the Underground Railroad. Mm -hmm. We were sort of the last dangerous American stop. Yeah, I bet. Absolutely. It's just a little bit harder to get up there than to get into the mitten. Um, Plus, it was more populated, so you're more likely to be seen. I'm not trying to to baloney on those other places. I'm just saying it's more of a challenge. I'm just saying there was a a stop uh, in my hometown. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Very cool. Um, so, uh, Hints had passed as a white man traveling with his slave. When they got to Richmond, Hints sold the horse uh, to a kind man who's going to give the horse a good home. Um, I had made out... I'm glad they, they got a good ending for the horse. <laughs> Me I'm, too. I'm glad they thought about that. Anyway, so we signed Master Henley's signature. We forged these papers using the power of reading and writing. Because Claudia learned how to forge a signature, yep. which is super dope. Yeah. Also, <laughs> learn how to forge your parents' signature. That is a very uh, maybe, useful... Maybe we don't need to... <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's dead useful. I got out of so much detention. <laughs> anyway, so in this paragraph, she decides that she is not going to make her run to freedom. I'm not going with you now. I want to stay here and be a conductor on the Underground Railroad at this station. And at first I wrote no. Yeah. I like, no. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Get, get out. Get going. Get out, please. Um, and she stays um, and she does her job. Uh, Mr. Harms made me promise to meet him at the river again the next night. And I did. It's too dangerous for you to be a conductor, Mr. Harms yes. said. You're just a child. I'm young, sir, but all due respect, I am not a child. I'm an abolitionist, and I'm needed. Mm. Anyways, it was my idea that saved you from the sheriff, and it was my plan that got spicy and hints away. It's true. I can do this. Yeah. She's... Oh, I have no doubt that you're up to the job. Mm. You're a remarkable young lady, and I'm proud of you, but don't you want to be free? All right, so here's where I started Oof. crying in earnest, and Dan had to come check on me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I had talked this over with myself long and hard, so I knew what I felt. Yes, sir. I want to be free. But most of all, I want slavery to end for everybody. I read it in one of your papers that it's not right for anybody to be slaves. So that's why I want to stay, to make an end to slavery. Mr. Harms looks surprised and pleased. You have a better understanding of freedom than most people do. It was my time to look surprised. Freedom is about making choices and learning from them. You've made the choice to stay here. The conductor's job is yours as long as you want it. But remember, the first sign of trouble, you must get out of here. Do you promise? Mm. I promised. And we have some, like, kind of... now yeah, it's that kind she's... of a speedy follow-up once she's made this final choice. Well, but it's, it's a speedy, but it's also, like, she gives some kind of, like, resolution beyond, like, what's in the epilogue. She's like, yeah, time's passing. I'm, I'm doing know, it. We're doing the thing. I'm not as helping me. Yeah, I'm getting, you know, I'm stop. I'm not letting fear stop me from my work. Like now she has like a real 
purpose. She is a hero. And beyond hero's heart. Yes, beyond being a conductor, she starts teaching her other, you know, yeah. comrades it, how to how to read. She starts, you know, like writing things in the dirt. She kind of loses um, access to uh, Ms. Lily uh, sets her to work in the fields. She she kicks her out of the big house, and yep. so she doesn't have as as much access to you know, paper and ink and stuff. And but a little bit of time to write here and there. Yeah, but she she kind of uses what resources she has. She you know draws in the dirt with sticks, and she and she's trying to press this idea of letters coming together to form words to mm-hmm. show a picture in your head. Yeah, and she resolves the book. Uh, or the diary. I remembered what Mr. Harm said about choices. I looked at the letters more closely. For the first time, mm. freedom showed me a clear picture. A picture of me. And then we bop into the epilogue. And I loved the epilogue. Yeah. It didn't bore me. It was perfect. No, it was so good. It was like, yeah, it was exactly, it was fulfilling. It did read a little bit like an obituary. Well, yeah. Like it's... It's kind of bummed me out in that respect because it is very much at the end of her life. Well, yeah, you kind of learn about like it jumps to like this is, yeah, what would be written about. But like you, it it kind of so, but it also starts with a really interesting little tidbit that is also a real historical thing, which is during the summer of 1939 when Claudia Henley was 92 years old. uh, That's also a thing is that enslaved people would often take the surnames of their masters after. Yeah. So fact. There is a, a lot of African-American people uh, with the last name Reed oh. who used to live next door to us. Oh. Uh, and we were all at, like the same second grade school. Oh, that's, uh, that's my, fun. He, Christopher Reed was uh, the same class as my sister Maggie. And they did like little family histories. And our families are from the same place. That's fun. It's so awkward. It's so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, in the early 90s, there was a lot of discussion about having to pay reparations. Oh, yeah. And my parents, who were significantly poorer Mm -hmm. than Christopher's parents, were super scared (laughs) that they would be suddenly responsible Mm -hmm. for this. It's complicated. Uh, it's very complicated. There's yeah. a really great article called The Case for Reparations yeah. uh, by The Atlantic, which, P.S., uh, if you're going to ever support any print media, please let it be The Atlantic. They okay. put out the best articles. Uh, they're always blue, almost always, uh, <laughs> which I appreciate. I'm not going to be paying for some Republican swill. Um, so anyway, I would, sorry, yeah, <laughs> what I was going to say. Um, so anyways, theatlantic.com. This is jumps to this epilogue jumps to 1939 when Claudia yeah. Henley was 92 years old. She was interviewed by Lucille Avery, a student at Fisk University, which was natural to Ms. Avery was along with many other writers had been hired by the government to visit aging slaves and record their stories. This is a real thing. Yes, it is. Um, and a lot of these oral histories still exist and are... In the Library of Congress. In the Library of Congress. And you can listen to them because they're digitized. The fabulous. audio quality is not always good. Yeah. But a lot of them have transcriptions. Highly recommend you look these up. Uh, but I just thought that was a, a nice little, like, you know, this is, this is like the transition from fiction to, like, um, history. I mean, not that we... Yeah, where it's well-knitted, though. Mm-hmm. Right, it's not maybe as jarring yeah. as other yeah. entries have been. So, and we learn um, that um, 
We learned that Chloe never married or had any kids. She, but she has like she stayed in Virginia. She shares all her diaries and her photos and papers. Um, and she served on the as a conductor on the ra- Underground Railroad, um, helping over 150 slaves get to freedom. And uh, she also worked as a spy for the Union Army from 1862 to 1865. Hella Harriet Tubman vibes. So good. She was awarded a commendation by General Ulysses S. Grant for her valor. Uh, uh, Bel- we learned that Belmont was... Um, taken over and turned into a union hospital <laughs> and my favorite it. detail uh miss uh mass what what is your favorite detail miss lily goes insane yeah i mean yeah she ha- she has a real bad time and and homegirl had it coming we love that journey for her because she's a specifically bad her yeah she's a bad like person. i don't want anybody <laughs> in victorian era mental asylums that's a bad time mm-hmm. but if anybody deserves it oh yeah um master henley loses an arm at the battle of fredericksburg couldn't happen to a nicer guy yeah and i know these characters are fake yeah but they're still but i don't care but they represent an idea that is very real yeah and i want them to lose all their limbs and mind and freedom (laughs) yeah um yeah so uh uh, auntie uses her knowledge of uh roots and herbs to help the union army nurse uh, people back to health um even when she's better than the union doctors yeah they and they're they call it they call it voodoo and she's and but they stopped laughing when she saved more lives than they did (laughs) actually it is a fun fact to remember that um more people more soldiers died of medical care following injury than of the injury themselves by a lot not if you're under the care of auntie um uh, she sadly dies of cholera in 1864, months before the war ended, um, and she's buried next to Uncle Heb. Um, da, 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 da. Missy runs off to marry a buffalo soldier and goes out west. Uh, Mister, kind of good for her. I yeah. I mean, I like as mean as she was. Like, I don't bear as ill will towards her as right. towards the white people because she was the still power structure. She was also that. a victim. <laughs> so yeah, I mean. Good for you, Missy. Um, so, uh, Mr. Harms arranges for Clody to travel up north, where she receives a hero's welcome. Um, uh, Mr. Harms had several business failures and, and ends up moving to Scotland, where he dropped right. out of sight. I mean, that's sad. Um, uh, Clody never gets to meet Sojourner Truth, but she did meet Frederick Douglass, and she and they corresponded until his death in 1895. Uh, she returns to Virginia in 1875, and she attends the Virginia Colored Women's Institute, then de- dedicated her life to the education of former slaves, women's suffrage, equal rights, and justice for all people, regardless of race, creed, or nationality. Um, there, And then in, in her diary was found... Um, a photo and a packet of letters from Dr. William Monroe Henley, who had become a professor of philosophy at Oberon College in Ohio. Good for you. Yay, Will. William! He gets even better. He goes to Oberon, um, Oberlin, not Oberon. That's a different person. Right. <laughs> and their sister college, Titania. Titania, who they fight with a lot, oh, all the time. Um, anyway. So he he's disinherited by his <laughs> for taking a stand against prejudice. Um, 
uh, and there's a quote, the, through education, Mr. Harms did more to destroy slavery than all the laws and the books could legislate, he wrote to Clody in 1891. There's another photo of a handsome elderly couple. I love this part. Surrounded by a large family. On the back was written, to our beloved sister friend Clody, from Hints and Rose Henley. Oh, that was another. We find oh, yeah, out. We skipped over we that. We skipped over that part. Um, in the Bible that Spicy had, um, her mom wrote, her her actual birth date which was like february 28th i think um and you know my baby's name is rose and i thought that was very sweet well we remember back to the first half the original mistress who owned them said mm-hmm. nope your baby's name is spicy no your Deal baby's name is spicy like, <sighs> so yeah she went by rose yeah. for the rest of her life yeah. hence and rose henley and family 50th wedding anniversary louisville kentucky 1910 Spicy is holding a Bible in her hand, and Hintz has a quilt folded over one knee. Isn't that great? Yes. There's an old article da, 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 from the Kentucky newspaper uh, praising Hintz for being one of the finest horse trainers in, in the racing business. Clody never married or had children of her own, but when she died on May 6, 1941, hundreds of her former students attended her, the funeral. As a teacher, she had challenged them. As an activist, she had inspired them. As a friend, she had encouraged them. Clody Henley's legacy lives on in the epitaph engraved on her gravestone freedom is more than a word isn't that great i love this book i love this book so much i love this book i recognize i've said it 30 times and i'm going to keep saying it if i would ever recommend a book as reasonable realistic Mm -hmm. fiction uh as well as an excellent plot driven story Mm -hmm. with characters that you will care about this is great like yeah so great i this book it's five ribbons <laughs> yeah <laughs> five uh, out of five five out of five ribbons i hope we get another five out of five soon mm-hmm. um as this as these books kind of find their way out of their infancy and start like yeah. making a name for themselves I, there's there's a lot to come that i remember very fondly i'm excited about the um, irish worker girl like that one will be girl. interesting mm-hmm. so um on a programming note i guess yeah. since we're talking broadly we are we have one more episode of this season so to speak uh, we have a guest lined up but uh due to scheduling uh, it's gonna be a little bit before we can actually record and get that out um so look for that episode after the 4th of july after the 4th of july so it will be a little bit out of our normal schedule but don't worry it's coming we're very excited to record with this guest um and then we will take a little break for the summer we like to take our summers off we like to enjoy the summer what can we say yeah i need this time to be on a trike and i can't be reading (laughs) but if you want to prepare uh for when we come back the next book will be oh don't um, ask me I oh know. i know what it, it's the organ trail one uh, oh sick i <laughs> love stories about the organ trail yeah i love playing the game organ trail not the <laughs> card game though because that's crap um i have a, i've already done a bunch of the side reading because yeah. i just happen to really enjoy i i have some trail. more um side reading for you selected by our guest that oh, yeah? i already have lined up i'll send it to you um Delightful. so yeah we're we're very excited to get back into it in the fall um so look out for that um but we will return to your earbuds in july yep with a special little cap off we're going to discuss both books with mm-hmm. this guest uh both civil war aimed books 
Uh, and then we're going to take a little time off and you guys are going to take a little time off from hearing us and that'll be great for everybody. Great for everyone. Um, but we, yeah, we, we've, I'm so glad we ended with this book instead of the previous book because this feels... Because I would have quit the podcast. This feels like such a better uh, tone to end the season on. <laughs> um, so thank you for reading along with us. Pick up the next book. Uh, stay tuned for our next episode. Ooh. Join uh, the summer reading programs at your library. There's so many good, fun things to do. Adults, mm -hmm. I am also talking to you. Last year, I got an umbrella. Mm -hmm. The year before that, I earned mm, mugs. I think I got a bunch of sweet travel mugs. Who doesn't love a mug? I know. I have far too many, but uh, mm -hmm. literally, we it's also... so fun to get a prize for reading. Right. Who right? Like, you're it? doing something that you enjoy. I just picked up a book about an all-female... Uh, historic, you know, it's historic. This actually happened. An all-female gang of London thieves called the Forty Elephants operated in the 19... So cool. I know. You want to read it? Uh, I mean, if I can. Right. It's called the Forty <laughs> Elephants. You should read it with me. Okay. All right. Um, but there's like there's so many good books. Uh, my my summer reader reading program also gives you you know points reading points. Uh, if you write a letter or write a poem or mm. you know there's a lot of things you can do yeah, don't that just increase read. your right. contact with literature. Yeah, uh, and do it like yeah. do it. It's fun. Like it's do super it. fun. Just do it. Do it right um, now. Also, uh, we have a Facebook group. In, yeah. a, in addition to the page, the page is more the like, you know, notices, the shiny announcements and whatnot. Uh, but we have a Facebook group who is where things are a little more casual, where things are more casual, where we can exchange book recommendations. Yeah. There's a lot of great readers in that group. Hot goss about the books yeah. that we read. People who are involved in like maybe book talk or mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. stuff like that uh, can get involved here and like give reviews, get reviews. Yeah, I can't. I think it's something like the Ribbon Book Club fan page page or something which makes me feel certain <laughs> yeah i think but it is that i will list it in the description love to our friend emily who set it up as thank I you recall. emily yes 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 yeah, yeah. set it up is correct i wanted to say it was tiff but it's not no it it's not tiff. That's, a different, busy. that's a different group uh but emily is doing a marvelous job and there is lots of content please come add some more give us your thoughts yeah we'd love to love to hear it love to see your book recommendations um and summer reading journeys yes oh <gasps> Tell us. I definitely want to hear about what your summer reading program mm -hmm. is offering you. All right. So it's been a long time recording. It's it's still light outside, but it is your bedtime. Oh, God. Um, so we will sign off for this episode. But thank you so much for listening. Love, peace, and chicken grease. Talk to you all later. What a statement to end on. <laughs>Hey, thanks for listening. We'd like to thank Erica Page for creating our amazing intro and outro music, Callie Charing for being the best research librarian we know, and the world's best editor, Danny Heck. Feel free to reach out to them with contact info in the description.